This week on Inside Motorsport, we find out about the ambitious efforts of Brett Murray to get into the Indy 500. I hope you'll stay with us. Brett Murray would be termed a colourful racing identity if we're in the horse racing industry. But in fact, in motor racing, he's a man that's had a lot of different incarnations. I sat down with him at the Sydney 500 to find out about his newest enterprise, becoming a team owner and taking on the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, well, that was probably the catalyst for it, was the 100th, you know. It was like, uh, I always wanted to have my own car on the race. I talked about it and, and uh, you know, had a conversation with mates about it. And then, Eight months ago, I was sitting on a coffee by myself in a coffee shop in Sydney, and for some reason, I just started thinking about it. I thought, well, hang on a minute. Why couldn't I do it? Why couldn't I do it next year? What's stopping me? And there was an opportunity with Matthew Brabham, our driver. Um, I had you know, a long relationship with the Brabham family, and I was trying to help Matt with a couple of things. And I said, well, okay, well, we'll put some inputs behind this and give us a purpose to do it, and then build the story. So we built the story, and, and uh, you know, we've been very fortunate that Pertech have come on board as our naming rights sponsor and uh, they're living the dream with us. We've had a long-term relationship with, with the Duncan family and, and Steve Dutton who manages the Australian side of the business and um, uh, you know they, they, we've got a great trust. I told them they, they want to relaunch their brand in the US and so I created a portion of it that would allow them to do that as well and, um, and here we are. I guess for Pertec they already have a presence in America too which probably isn't widely known in Australia. Yeah, well, what's happened is they, they actually, uh, the Duncan family bought back the Pertec business in the US. Um, it had been, it's been there for 20 years. They've got 53 franchises across the US. Now, when you look at the fact that there's 94 franchises in Australia, and you look at the size of the country and, and you know, the numbers, the fewer numbers, it just shows you that, you know, that the, the amount of business can be done there is, um, is uh, probably endless, really. So um, they want to be able to launch their brand in, they want to you know, be able to tell people about their franchise system and the lifestyle it creates and all those sort of things. So we're going to use this tool to help them take the brand and, and uh, the franchise opportunities into the general public. And we've got a few things up our sleeve that'll, that'll allow us to do that. And um, we'll be uh, doing the best we can for them. We've still got you know, a fair gap to fill. We've got about 500 grand US we've got to, still got to find. Um, but you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Now it's real, you know, to be able to announce it couple of weeks ago and you know have it out there and be able to touch it and feel it and have the car unveiled in Indianapolis and you know it's, it's all real now so um, you know the phones continue to ring we've managed since that time we've managed to you know fill a bit of the gap but we've still got a, a fair way to go. Of course uh, an IndyCar is a expensive piece of racing merchandise it then needs to have a, a full support crew behind it how does an Australian Grew up in Albury, now running a major business on the Gold Coast, put together the logistics of a racing team in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, it's not as difficult as you might think um, in that, you know, if I, I've got lots of relationships there. As you know, I ran the Gold Coast race, the IndyCar race for 19 years. And um, I've got many, many friends in pit lane and in the paddock. And uh, a lot of those people knew about my desire to do it. So when I actually went to them and seriously sat down and said, you know, this is what I want to do, we, we negotiated with a couple of teams just to see what we could do. And, you know, the best option for me was always to, to link up with Kevin Kalkoven, who's an Australian guy, uh, and Jimmy Vassar, who's, you know, one of the legends of the sport. 
both very good friends of mine. You knew you weren't going to get ripped off. You knew that you know you're going to get the right people. And um, Steve Moore, who's a Kiwi guy, is the team manager there. Is a, you know him and I you know, got a great great relationship. Um, very transparent with how we go about things. Very similar to me. Calls it as it is. And if something's broken, we fix it. You know, like you know, if we've got an issue, we just you know work our way through it. So um, they supply the car. Together we put the people together, um, and then uh, I basically just said, "Leave me alone. Let me go and do what I do best, which is you know publicity and the marketing and the sponsorship stuff. Um, you just give me a competitive car on track, and I'll bring my driver and helmet, and, and away we go." And for those that don't follow Indy cars, KV Racing won this race just uh, a few years ago with a, a legend racer, Tony Canaan. Yeah, I mean, I was actually in the pit box that day, and funny, it was the third year in a row I'd sat in the winner's pit box, so hopefully that'll rub off next May. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, they did a great job, Canaan. It was a, you know, it was an emotional win for him. He's a crowd favourite, he's never won the race, so for him to win it, it was, uh, you know, certainly ticking the box for him was great. So we go there, you know, you know, can we win the race? Sure, we can win the race. People ask, you know, can we win? Sure. Are we going there expecting to win? No. Um, we'd, we'd just like to qualify for the race and, and you know, be competitive and get as many laps under his belt as possible for Matthew in his rookie year and, um, and then see what happens from there. It's about you know, him doing the right job, us doing the right job and, and that being appealing to you know, other sponsors and partners who might want to pay for the next race or the next two or three races and then you know, we'll build it from there. Now, of course, the Indianapolis 500 has 33 cars that take the uh, green flag to start the race, but the process of getting into being one of those 33 cars is a, is a daunting one and it's not uncommon for famous names uh, like Ray Hall and, and others and Unza to actually not make that 33-man starting grid. That's a reality I guess you also have to deal with. Yeah, it's actually uh, quite interesting because the, the story that we've got is such a great story. It's only the third, third-generation driver to run the race and, you know, the young Australian rookie is 21 years old. Um, so, you know, we've got a hell of a story there. Jack ran the first rear engine car there in 61, raced it. Um, you know, so, so lots of cool stuff. Jeff, his dad, ran there 10 times, best result of fourth. Um, and you tell everybody how this thing's going to take shape and you get them to the table and they're, you know, they've almost got the checkbook out and you go, listen, I've just got to let you know that, you know, there's a chance that we, we mightn't qualify for the race. And you can almost hear the beep, 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 the reversing, you know, uh, lights go on and... and, and they just don't get it. They don't trust it. I guess that's one of the great things about Pertec. They understand the, the business of racing and, you know, they're willing to take the risk. And anyone who comes on this journey is taking a risk and, and they should be rewarded for taking the risk. Um, reality is that he's got more chance of winning the race than he has of not qualifying for the race. You know, the kid's very, very good. Um, but that being said, there is a risk. And we're hearing rumours that, that Honda and Chevrolet will only put together 34 engine packages for the, for the month of May, um, which means there'd be one bump spot and that means that, you know, someone tears one up or they've got a spare car or whatever, you, you know, you're basically automatically in the show anyway. So, I mean, there may only be 33 cars, which means they're automatic, but we can't, we don't know that. You know, there might be 38. We don't, we don't know. And I guess that's one of the changing things of the Indianapolis 500. There were times where 60 cars turned up to try and get 33 grid spots. Mate, in 1984, there was 114 cars turned up. Um, you know, and there was deals being done up and down pit lane, like literally briefcases full of cash, changing from paddock to paddock to buy bits of car, to, you know, make them go faster. I mean, that was the, such a great thing about the race. And that's the thing about 
how spectacular this race is and what it means and how hard it is to win it. You've got to qualify first, then you've got to go and run 200 laps at, you know, 240 miles an hour or 400 kilometres an hour. Um, it's stay out of everybody's way, don't bin the thing, you know, everything. you've got to have so many things go right, you've got to be patient, you've got to have respect. Um, you know, we're not going there pretending that, you know, we're there to take on, you know, the might of Penske and Ganassi in the boardroom, where I'm just an Australian bloke who has a dream, given a, you know, an opportunity to a kid um, after promising his grandfather just before he passed away that I'd, I'd give him a hand. And um, we're having a, you know, as Brock would have said, we're having a red-eyed go. Matthew Brabham will be his driver, and Matthew spoke to us about the opportunity. Oh, it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, it's a dream come true, and uh, I'm so excited. I just can't wait. Um, to get underway and start, uh, you know, getting it all prepared and ready. Now, your racing career has certainly had you in America for quite a bit of the year. You also do a lot of testing at the track. Can you talk us through just how many laps you've done of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, ignoring how many times Crush has made you walk around it? <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely done a lot of laps, obviously, uh, in the Indy Lights car, and also um, I've been lucky enough to drive the, the two-seater Indy car around there and uh, give people rides, so... I've done that, you know, a bunch of times and done many, many, many laps of the track. So I know where all the, the little bumps are and the lines and everything. So, yeah, I think I know the track well. And, uh, I mean, it's just such a cool place. I mean, I love going out on the track every time I'm there, you know, whether it's walking around the track, running around the track um, or driving around the track. It's just, a, it's just a cool place. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, have a great Christmas, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.